The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona, reaching out with rock-solid hope in rim country. July 25th, Hebrews 13, Selected Verses. How ought we to view those who serve as pastors? I'm sure that many of you have an idea of some pastors that you know or have known who you, you hold in the highest regard. Or maybe some that you hold maybe a little bit less high regard. I was curious about what most people thought about this, so I looked at some surveys. And according to the survey that was listing professions which people are respecting, which people respect the most or regard the highest, listed near the top were things like doctors, surgeons, and firefighters. And where were pastors? Well, some of those surveys had them pretty low near the bottom. Thankfully, they were still listed above car salesmen. And I think the, the common thing that all those highly regarded professions had was the fact that they were professions and somebody saved or helped other people. So how ought we to list and make our list of the ones we highly regard? Where should pastors fall on that list and those who serve as ministers of the gospel? Well, we see our answer this morning as we continue our series looking at a faithful minister. And we look at the closing section of the writer to the Hebrews, the closing chapter of his letter. And there we see how those who serve as faithful ministers do help others. That's their function. And how they are to be regarded by God's people. A faithful minister keeps watch for the benefit of souls. You know, don't have to dig too far in the pages of Scripture to see that God wants us to hold those who teach and preach his word in the highest regard. Our spiritual leaders are to be honored, respected. I was amazed as I reflected on what God did in the Old Testament. For example, Moses when he was treated with contempt by people, God responded right away. Miriam was struck with leprosy when she viewed Moses, God's prophet, with contempt. And even kings of Israel, like Uzziah, when he regarded the priest in the temple with contempt, he was struck with leprosy. And God rained down fire on the men who joined in Korah's rebellion. And when people came against the soldiers, threatened the prophet Elijah, once again, God rained down fire from heaven. And the prophet Elisha was mocked by 42 youth. So God sent two bears who mauled them. And what we see is ultimately God destroyed Jerusalem because they disregarded his prophets. It's pretty clear. God wants us to take seriously those who preach and teach his word. Conversely, in the Old Testament, we see not just destruction, we see he wants us to give honor when that woman, Mary, poured that perfume on Jesus' feet. Jesus defended her and said it was a beautiful thing. And what she did would be proclaimed wherever the gospel was done. It's clear God wants us to honor those who teach and preach his word. But of course, that, that doesn't mean pastors and ministers of the gospel should ever get a big head. We saw that last week, right? One of the qualifications listed for a minister of the gospel is that they are humble and not proud or arrogant. In fact, the pastor who is seeking his own honor 
or wants to be highly regarded, has disqualified himself from serving God's people. We even see the writer to the Hebrews warning against turning back to the priest in the time just because of the things they had and held or the position that they are in because of a, a worship style or custom the people were used to. If a priest turned aside from pointing to Christ and humbly pointing to him as the Savior, he was to be disregarded. And Christ is the all. We even see Jesus giving a, a strong warning. If there's a, a minister of the gospel who seeks to sit, as, Mo, as Jesus puts it, to sit in Moses' seat, who wants a position of honor, they are warned, as we read in Luke chapter 20, Jesus saying, Beware of the experts of the, in the law, who like to walk around in long robes and love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogue, and the places of honor at banquets. They will receive condemnation. Or as some translations put it, they will be judged most severely. Nonetheless, those who share God's word are to be honored. Not just men of the past like Moses and the apostles and the prophets, but the pastors and teachers of God's word that you have known in your life. Those who have faithfully shared the word of God in your past. The writer to the Hebrews tells us in chapter 13, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Carefully consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. If you know someone who faithfully shared God's word, the writer of the Hebrews tells you, remember them and consider what kind of life they led. It doesn't matter whether they were rich or poor, whether they faced health or disease. The outcome of their life is something worth imitating and remembering. What they taught and what they lived is something God's flock is to continue to hold on to and consider. And you see the, the outcome, the fruits of faith they produce, the encouragement that they gave to you and to others. And the writer to the Hebrews says, imitate their way of life. Their devotion to God's word, the way that they spoke and lived, imitate it in your life. Sadly, what we see is the people who are imitated in this world are often the heroes of hedonism. Many young girls will try to imitate and seek the outcome of the way of life of the latest TikTok craze. Many young men will try to imitate the celebrities of this world instead of imitating either celibacy or godly marriage. And this world will imitate the heroes who turn aside from the word of God rather than those who teach and preach the word of God. And the outcome of that way of life is an outcome that leads to ruined homes and lives. It's an outcome that will shatter or destroy the gift of faith. It is an outcome which leads to what so many of this world should fear, that cold grave and the following coming judgment of a holy God. That's the outcome that so many of this world try to imitate, the life that they try to imitate. Is that what you want for yourself, for your children? Remember those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their life as they now live in glory with Christ. Consider and imitate their faith. What we see is the writer of the Hebrews wants us to remember and imitate those who went before. 
Some people might argue, though, what that, that was in generations past. What pastors said in previous generations regarding gender and sexuality and marriage, that doesn't apply today. Those are the, the leaders of the past. How can we do that? The world has changed too much. But the writer to the Hebrews tells us and makes clear, God's word does not change. What is good and right and holy does not change. The power of the gospel does not change from generation to generation. And nor does Jesus. He adds right here, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The leaders in the past who spoke regarding the gift of marriage, who spoke regarding God's gift of sexuality and the genders, does not change with this world around us. What the leaders of the past said regarding the truth of the word of God is the same forever because Jesus is the same forever. So the writer tells us, remember, imitate your past pastors who were faithful ministers. What about those who serve today? He continues as he writes the conclusion to his letter, obey your leaders and submit to them. That is, those who are not just leaders in the government. He's talking here about spiritual leaders. Obey them. Submit or yield to them. It's not an easy thing to do, is it? There are times when our, our sinful flesh will not like what we hear a spiritual leader saying. And if he's a, a faithful spiritual leader directing and guiding with God's word, our sinful flesh may not want to take up our cross and follow Christ. We may not want to hear what they are telling. We may not want the rebuke against the danger that we're straying into. Many, instead of obeying their spiritual leaders, will treat them with the littlest regard, will shove them aside and treat them no better than a car salesman. And they'll ignore them or slander them. But the writer to Hebrews says, obey them. And even if there's something that maybe it's not contrary to the word of God, but it's a disputable matter that maybe lies within Christian freedom, maybe you're argument that you might have with a spiritual leader isn't about some rebuke over sin, but maybe it's the method that he carries out for his worship or the style for his clothes or the topics he chooses for his Bible studies or some other area of Christian freedom. What can sometimes happen? Arguments arise. Animosity abounds. The flock doesn't want to be fed or to follow. But the writer to the Hebrews says, not only obey, but yield, submit. Rather than clashing and having an argument and working against them, he says, yield to them, support them. Do you have a pastor who has stepped up and given you God's word at a time when you needed it? Don't resist it. Don't become bitter. Do you have a pastor who is doing something that might not be the way that you would want to have it done? Don't fight against it. Submit. And why? Well, the conclusion here is really to highly regard them for one important reason. They don't serve for their own benefit. They don't rebuke you for your sin so they might gain something. They don't try to carry out their ministry so that they might make your life difficult. He says here, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over you, keeping watch over your souls, 
as men who will give an account. Obey them so that they may do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no benefit to you. If a spiritual leader today is faithfully guiding the sheep and it causes a disturbance, the end outcome and the benefit is that they get to see that person once again safely in the flock. They get to have joy with that person, with the joy they share with Christ. The faithful minister has nothing to gain by confronting someone who they're keeping watch over other than that person returns to the joy and peace they once had in Christ or is not in danger because of their straying. And the faithful minister is not seeking his own gain. It says, it is a benefit to you. They keep watch for you. Can you picture the faithful minister and the flock that faithfully listens and the joy that they share together? Instead of the animosity and the strife and the struggling of a minister who is unfaithful or of a flock that does not faithfully listen or submit in love. Finally, he speaks regarding those who are today serving as pastors. He says, pray. Pray that the pastor you know would have a good conscience and might act in an honorable way. With our past leaders, he tells us to remember and imitate. With our present spiritual leaders, he says, obey and pray, support. They're there for your good. They keep watch over souls for the benefit of souls. Could you imagine if someone woke you up by throwing a rock through your window and then they started shouting at you to wake you up and then they told you to jump through the window? You'd probably resist or get angry until you maybe saw that they were wearing a firefighter uniform and maybe saw the, the smoke or the fire that they saw and realized they were just doing that for your benefit. Might have caused a disturbance, but they did it for your own good. It's the same as those who serve as spiritual leaders in God's church, those who keep watch. They might at times cause a disturbance, but they do it for your benefit and for the good of souls. You know, there was a nursing home just this spring in New York that had about 100 residents and it caught fire. The firefighters from all over came to help bring out those residents, many of them who couldn't even walk on their own, and they were able to rescue them. But one of the firefighters ended up dying in the process of trying to rescue them. He didn't die for his own benefit. He died for the sake of those he was trying to bring out. Sadly, there was an inspection about two years earlier in which one of the fire inspector found several violations and he warned them about the dangers. But there was no indication that anyone managing the building ever responded or acted on those warnings. Could you imagine all the, the pain, the loss that could have been prevented? It's the same with those who serve as spiritual leaders in God's church. May God give us pastors who faithfully keep watch. May God give us a flock who listens carefully to those who serve the flock so that instead of groaning or a burden, there might be joy and peace. The writer to the Hebrews closes this letter now with a, what really seems like a, a song of praise. And he points to the, the source of our hope. He says, Now may the God of peace, who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, 
that great shepherd of the sheep, in connection with his blood, which established the eternal testament, may he equip you with everything to do his will, as he works in us what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ. You know, it's never about the faithful minister. The faithful minister never works to his own glory or to his own regard, but points to the good shepherd, Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. And the faithful minister does not work by his own power or strength, but has been equipped by that great shepherd of the sheep, our living Lord. And when the flock listens and there's joy found within the house of God, it's because Jesus, our living shepherd, equips us and works in us what is good and pleasing. It's this Jesus, our faithful great shepherd, our faithful minister, who gave himself for the benefit of the flock, for your benefit and for mine. For all the times we failed in our faithfulness, he himself came in full faithfulness. And that great shepherd of the sheep kept such a watch that he gave himself and died for our sins to set us free and make us safely members of his flock forever. He is, as he's titled here, the God of peace. And the same God of peace who raised Jesus, his son, from the dead will equip his flock today. You know, as I looked at other surveys and I saw in those surveys different results, I saw one of the surveys was all about how much people respect different professions. And there it was, the position of pastor, higher than the pastor was their garbage man, which I suppose gives you a lot of benefit. And then another survey was talking about how much people regarded their ministers, and thankfully it listed them just above Congress people, those who serve as members of Congress. But what we see in God's word is those who have given his word faithfully and who share his word. For the past pastors, he says, remember and imitate. For the present pastors, he says, obey and pray. And may God give us those who faithfully serve his flock and flocks who faithfully listen and bring joy. Because faithful ministers keep watch for the benefit of souls. Amen. Amen.